1: i couldn't possibly stretch them out your boobs are way bigger than mine (sighs) that is not true yes it is your boobs are totally bigger than mine you're crazy
2: hey this is emily and i'm sandy and i'm jess welcome to today's town meeting and
1: now it's time for sandra sucky summaries at dinner emily thinks her cook's name is mira spoiler alert it's actually sarah lorelei the first is currently dead big emphasis on currently physical fitness is as important as intellectual fitness so say plato so say richard speaking of richard he almost murders emily with a glare the dinner ends with lorelei and emily fighting for control lorelei loses back at the inn one twin likes pink the other blue but luckily they have the same exact taste in men. Let's just say post-it notes save the day. Jackson wisely states that the world was flat until someone took a boat trip. Suki cannot handle not having strawberries. And Not Kirk makes his second appearance. And so starts the saga of attacking swans. Michelle has to choose between racism and childhood trauma, and chooses the trauma. Miss Patty mostly just cares about dancing with the twins, the male ones. And Babette needs... Vegetable oil and a shoehorn to save cinnamon. Lastly, Madonna and Sean Penn should absolutely not get remarried. At the golf course, Rory and Richard match in khakis as two men follow them around with golf clubs. Richard tells Rory he oversees the international division of his company, and Rory tells him she wants to go to Fez. Gloria, the most odious woman alive has a dog with a purple sweater and a purple flower. The old white men are annoying as hell, and I kinda wish Michelle was there to roast them, and unfortunately the women aren't much better. When Rory returns to Stars Hollow, she makes an ill-advised joke to Luke, who looks disappointed, Lorelai hates the word quite, and Rory likes her grandparents. And weirdly enough, those two things are related. Lorelai attacks Rory over her boob size, and Suki almost murders another man. The episode ends with Lorelai, alone. And that was Kill Me Now.
2: Alright, this was the golf episode. Does anybody else think of it as the golf episode? I definitely think
1: of it as the golf.
2: yeah. 100%. And it's so funny, I- I knew that there was a golf episode. Obviously, I've seen the golf episode many times, Um, but I didn't ever think about how I was impacted by this golf episode. Like, I took golf lessons. Ooh. And part of that was because I was incredibly touched by the greatest game ever played, the Shia LaBeouf film, but also because Rory did golf. Spoiler alert, I was very bad at golf.
1: So I have a hot take, or possibly a very cold take. Golf is stupid. (laughs) it's a waste of uh environmental uh the chemicals to keep that grass green luke is right later on i'm skipping ahead yeah uh luke is correct that is my hot take yeah
2: that was uh i can tell you exactly when luke said it because in my notes i have hot luke alert 25 minutes 10 seconds it's the return of the denim shirt and he says that golf courses are an environmental blight.
1: I guess in golf defense, I hate every sport. So.
2: <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. But that is also the way that it seems Lorelai and Rory yes. go about their, their lives. Mm-hmm. They are anti-sports, which is interesting. I think it's bizarre that Rory never played any sports. Did you guys play, like, just kid soccer teams when you were kids? Did mm-hmm. you, did you, right? Okay, both of you guys are nodding your heads. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty s- standard experience for a lot of kids. Just, like, playing some sport, t-ball. You know, I played t-ball. I was basketball because I'm tall. Yeah, I did
0: soccer, softball. Gymnastics was a, was my big one was gymnastics. I will say that the, so the, <laughs> this is because I have a three-year-old, so I'm starting to look into this. Crap's expensive. Yeah. yeah. So as a single mother who technically has really no financial support outside of herself, I can see her not getting Rory involved in anything just because of the cost of it. Granted, I don't know what the cost was then versus yeah. now. It might have been, you know, a whole lot cheaper then, than it is now. And especially with Lorelai not being a sportsy person to begin with. I can see her
2: not getting her involved yeah. in those things. Yeah, that's totally fair. I hadn't thought about it from the cost aspect. There are a lot of things that, as a kid, like your parents do for you, and you don't realize mm-hmm. until you're an adult, like, oh man, like that was a lot of money. Summer
1: camp, for example.
2: Yeah, I used to do summer camps. I used to do theater camps. I used to do sport camps. I did tennis camp for a number of years. Still cannot play tennis. Could not play tennis then. Like <laughs> My parents have put a lot of money into things that I just didn't care enough about, and I am so grateful for them, but at the same time, I wish younger me had- Approach things differently, let's say. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Like I'm looking at getting Charlie into gymnastics, um, probably in the fall-ish, assuming socially everything is good there. Yeah. But even that alone, for just 50 minute class a week, would be like a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. And like I guess there, I mean, for a lot of people, that's not a huge amount of money. But I know, like, when I was struggling right out of high school, trying to go to college and work a job mm. and everything, like, hundred bucks is a lot of money. Definitely. And it adds up. That's like my grocery bill for the week.
2: <laughs> we are kind of getting away from the episode here. Yeah. Uh, so besides this being the golf episode, this is also, it's so funny, there are lots of weddings throughout Gilmore, right? Mm-hmm. For some reason, this one has always stuck in my head as also kind of being like the wedding episode. It's none of our main character's wedding, but like this wedding has always stayed in my mind.
1: I call it the purple wedding because everyone yes. is in purple. I love purple. Everything is purple.
2: I, like, I think that this episode is, the entirety of Gilmore Girls is such a time capsule for the period of time that it occurred in. Yeah. Um, But this, like, this whole wedding, you know, doing the lavender or, like, it feels very of its time. And also, the wedding happens, as we all know, between twins. The J's and M's. Two pairs of twins are marrying each other, and it's kind of weird, and- their names are Matt and Mark and Jessica and Jackie, which so wild. And I really hope that I don't come across as somebody who uh, dislikes Lorelai or dislikes any of the characters. I really love these characters. But um, watching this back again as an adult, I feel like my opinions have changed so much. And there was one moment... Uh, when Suki, Michelle, and Lorelai are standing in the inn, and it's the realization that, oh my gosh, the twins are marrying the twins. And they bring up this scenario, like, oh, if one of the male twins came in, walked in on one of the female twins, and it wasn't his wife, and they had sex, like, would that be cheating? And they, like, all agree, like, no, it wouldn't be cheating. It would absolutely be cheating. That's cheating. That's cheating. That is one hundred...
0: I think that just goes to the underlying, like, ASP theme, though, on cheating, though, is that she just,
2: cheating's okay.
1: Cheating's okay. If you love the person,
2: you're allowed to cheat with them because you love them. Which is such an interesting take, you know, because a lot of the other big shows that were going on at this time, right, like your One Tree Hills and your, I mean, Dawson's Creeks Mm -hmm. and- The O.C. Uh, Even Seventh Heaven, like, that kind of stuff, like- Cheating was a big, awful, terrible thing. And then Gilmore Girls comes in and it's like, cheating is fine. And I think that's like an icky perception that a lot of people have about twins, Mm -hmm. right? Like the interchangeability of twins and like the sexualization of female twins, Mm -hmm. especially. Oh, yeah. Uh, And this absolutely kind of adds to that, right? And just not, it's just not a fun thing. It's not, especially
0: for the twins. Can we talk about how much the Twin girls' mother hates them.
1: Yes. Oh my so gosh. I actually wanted to bring that up because we have three instances of mother daughters, right? We have Emily and Lorelai, Lorelai and Rory, the the main ones. But then we also have this woman and her twin daughters. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> each relationship has a different relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like a different love level. Let's say Lorelai and Emily were really at the ropes today. They were fighting. Like mm-hmm. crazy, the barbs yeah. were harsh. Rory and Lorelai also uh, going at each other, but Rory doesn't. She's not contributing back, right? She's not. Mm-hmm. She didn't fall into Lorelai's anger. And then you have yeah. this woman and her twins. And how I much feel like
0: with the Gilmore Girls, her. though, there's still like an underlying level of like love and respect, and I don't see that. over there and the mom blames it entirely on their father their father spoiled them like girl you were there too Mm -hmm. and where is the dad if he if he spoiled them and he was the one that gave him everything where is he now
2: you would hope that he would be paying for things if he spoiled his girls but no she's paying for the entire wedding
0: yeah like take responsibility for how you raise these kids if you hate them this much there's a very good chance it's because you contributed to that
2: and i think that this woman and her hate for her daughters that she's very vocal about is definitely supposed to be contrasted against our Gilmore girls in this episode, right? Like Mm -hmm. we have obviously Emily and Lorelai always butting heads. um, And in this episode, we also have the first instance of uh, Emily says, you know, we're more alike than you thought. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. This is the first instance of that. And we will see that come out. Over
1: and over again throughout the entire series. Did you guys catch that Emily thinks that Rory hanging out with um, her grandfather is winning? Just a normal interaction. It's her winning the situation. And it's like, is it really winning? Why are you keeping count? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty toxic, actually. Mm-hmm.
2: And I mean, I like, I'm never going to come out and say, like, Emily's a great mom. Emily did nothing wrong. Like, Emily does. Bad things throughout the entire show all of the characters do bad things all of the Gilmore characters are inherently flawed and we see that in many mm-hmm. different ways mm-hmm. but when we have this this mom who very vocally hates her daughters uh, is excited about her daughters moving away just wants to get away from them all the time seeing that contrasted against Emily who apart from not being kind to Lorelai being toxic like she still wants to be in their life yes. she wants to be closer um, and then you have the Lorelai-Rory relationship, which is extremely close, and you see that being tested starting in these first mm-hmm. few episodes. It just, it shows you how how incredibly wide the spectrum of mother-daughter relationships is.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I also think that it actually kind of showed us a little bit of how different Lorelai and Rory are. Rory just has different ideas, and Rory fits in mm-hmm. with the Gilmore yeah,
0: I think Rory overall is much more of a more of a go with the flow kind of person than Lorelai. Oh, definitely. Lorelai, I feel like is very much, no, this is how it is. And this is how it needs to be. And this is how I want it. And I don't like that's not a bad thing. I think it's fantastic to know what you want. um, And to and to have that kind of mindset. But just with Rory, she she just kind of goes with it a lot of the times. And you see that a lot in Chilton, too. But I I think that speaks to the differences in their personalities.
1: Well, yeah, and I think Emily was right. Emily and Lorelai are more similar than Lorelai wants to admit.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. Lorelai, where do you think you got your stubbornness?
2: Definitely. And I I mean, there's a scene that comes up in a much, much later episode, uh, the makeup scene or the face where they're putting their Mm -hmm. face lotion on or something. And it's exactly the same, like to the Mm -hmm. point where it's kind of comical. But I just think it's fun because I... I know that they say, like, the things that you dislike in other people are, like, things that you also dislike in yourself, that kind of thing. And there is a lot of Emily in Lorelai. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing Emily's character come out over the seasons because you do see, like, there is a reason that Lorelai is the way she is. As much as she was an independent young person who did her own thing, like, she got her start in that Gilmore house and she kind of Mm -hmm. never really totally left it.
1: Well, one thing I will say is different right, we see right away in the quote open, is that Emily does not treat her staff very well. No. Right? No. Lorelai's an amazing manager. Yes. Right? And you do see her interact with the staff. It's a little weird, because she's like, the ribbons shouldn't be in the trees. They should be on the chairs. And it's like, who, why the hell is he doing it in the trees?
2: I think some of her staff are not great.
1: (laughs) Who told him to go there? (laughs) (laughs) But still, she treats them with respect. Versus Emily, who literally calls a woman the wrong name after being corrected. Yeah. My question on
0: that, though, is did the woman ever correct Emily directly? I mean, we don't see that, but... We see her correct Lorelai and give her a dirty look. Like, the maid gives Lorelai a dirty look for saying the wrong name. But we don't ever see her correct Emily so Emily might have just heard it the one time and then registered this is what it is. And then the woman might not have ever, like, corrected her after that. Which I don't want to say it's her fault. That at that point could have just been a misunderstanding. But for Emily to then not change it after they find out, no, her name is Sarah. That speaks volumes. But according to Emily, she pays her maids very well and deserves to get what she pays for. And that's that's a reference to a future episode.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think this is definitely a case of... This is something that you see with people who have never had to work in a service industry. Mm -hmm. Like I've done customer service and I've done retail, that kind of thing. And just the way that I hope you come out of those kind of positions is with a sense of respect for other people in those positions. Mm -hmm. I would hope that you don't have to work in customer service or retail or food service to have respect for other human beings. But I do find that people who have been in the trenches, you know, they've done it. They know how hard those jobs are. And so Lorelai, having really worked her way up, you know, from being a maid to being the general manager, she has respect for people at all of those levels because she knows how hard all of those people work. Mm-hmm. Emily has not had that experience. Emily has not. Emily is the
0: corporation where all of her employees are just cogs them in a machine. They're not people. They're just, they're there
1: to do a job. They're robots. To be fair, Richard feels the same. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, they both do. They are they are the corporation and Lorelai is the mom and pop shop that knows everybody and and takes care of you. And hey, how are you? How's your kids? How's your spouse? You know, and actually cares about the people that she works with and wants to make sure that they're happy there. Which, also, we know there's a crap ton of turnaround in the Gilmore house and probably not a whole lot of turnover at the independence.
2: This episode, I think, has one of the first, like extremely harsh comments from emily uh because previously we've seen richard right be on the offensive be kind of nasty mm-hmm. in this episode we really see a turn for richard this is kind of the episode that makes him a little bit more human because previously he's just been like lorelei's grumpy dad but this is the episode where just completely off the cuff super casually Emily says that something in Lorelai's room is gathering dust with the rest of her potential, which is kind of, I think, an about face from the pilot where she's very proud or seems very proud yeah. of Lorelai's current position. It's an about
0: face from a minute before she mentions that. How's that lovely inn of yours? Still small and charming? Like, she mentions it like she's so proud of her and the inn is so great. And then, oh, well, I mean,
1: it's just an inn. yeah. I didn't actually see it as proud. I saw it as demeaning. She was saying like, oh, how's your inn? It's so small and charming. I don't know. Emily rubbed me the wrong way in this episode. Even with Richard. Maybe that's me being too optimistic that I didn't get that. (laughs) Or maybe I'm being too pessimistic. Richard and Emily's relationship was also kind of put to a test in this episode because... Emily is in control. Yes. She has made that clear. We see who really rules the roost. (laughs) Exactly. And he goes along with it, but there is a frown in his face. There is a glare until he realizes who Rory is. But before that, it's really strange. I should have counted how many times he rolled his eyes. Like he was just so over it. Or like look at his wrist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seeing him so antagonistic towards Rory was weird. He loves Rory. So seeing this episode was just like, ooh, that's that's not in character, but it was, I guess.
2: I guess this is what we are supposed to see as like triggers that jumping off point because when I think about Gilmore girls, you know, and I think about the relationships in that family, Rory and her grandfather are kindred spirits, yes. you know. They are bibliophiles who mm-hmm. love the idea of travel and he's always interested in the work that she's doing. They just, they, they work together really well. Mm-hmm. Going from where we were in the pilot, where we just get, she's tall. You know, this is the episode where we see, okay, you know, Rory is a really cool, great kid. And yeah. this is Richard finally seeing her outside of, you know, a holiday dinner or something. This is where they get to actually share things about themselves.
1: I'm going to mention, I know this is fashion. Oh my gosh, I, believe fans, me. right? I've got Versus... a whole spiel to give. <laughs> Versus Emily's... Actual golf pants? Yeah. Right? They're like golfy, kind of. They're plaid. What was going on? We'll talk about it later, but just, <laughs> it, it's in my mind. I'm like, what is happening? I half expected
0: Emily to be like, oh, would you like to borrow some of my clothes and go upstairs and put on an appropriate golf attire?
2: Some choices were made with uh with Rory's attire in this
1: particular episode. And in that scene, um, Emily has her big speech to Richard, right? Like, do not ruin this for us. Mm-hmm. Rory's on the other side of the door. I wondered about that. Did she hear everything that was said? I don't
2: think so, based on the way that we have seen eavesdropping approached before in the episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's acknowledged previously with Rory overhearing Lorelai and Emily in the kitchen during the pilot. I think that this is also the Gilmores are rich, rich, as we will yeah, talk about they might have later. they really good doors. Um, they probably have a solid wood door. I also think that the way that Rory went into the outing would have changed if she had known. Yeah. Because we do see somebody, or we see Rory as somebody who, when she feels shamed, she reacts. Mm-hmm. Like, she shuts down, she drops out of college. You know, she has some big reactions and big feelings when people make her feel bad about herself. Mm-hmm. Which is fair, especially to a teenage girl. I think she definitely would have
0: felt guilty. I think at that point, she was already committed. She was already there and nothing would have changed. But I don't think she, like you said, I don't think she would have gone in with as much of the positive attitude as she did. Instead of walking in and be like, am I dressed okay? It would have walked in and been like, we really don't have to do this. Are you sure? Yes. Something like that. I agree.
2: And also when we see them out on the golf course and they're walking and Rory starts asking – about what he does and she's just trying to like get a conversation started Mm -hmm. and he just like kind of shuts her down like you wouldn't be interested and she's so crestfallen yeah that he actually like looks at her and is like well actually
0: oh she does want to know i i think that was just richard projecting lorelei onto rory again though i just i don't think he truly expected her to be interested
1: i think even as a viewer you're supposed to project lorelei onto rory you're supposed to think that rory doesn't want to be there Mm -hmm. rory does want to be
0: there and Lorelai fully expects Rory to not want to be there Rory see I feel like Rory sees this whole you know brand new relationship as, hey I'm gaining you know these grandparents that I've always kind of had but not fully and now I can have like a really great relationship with them and and try to make that the best I can and Lorelai is kind of over there like let's just do what we have to
2: do and, and move on we have to I mean we talked a little bit about you know maybe reasons why Rory didn't play sports like We have to assume that Rory did grow up without some things. Like, obviously, she's had a great childhood. She's really enjoyed her childhood. But there is a part of you, especially when you're in that teenage years, like if you had like a rich friend or if you had a partner who was well off, who just gave you access to things that you didn't previously have access to. Mm
1: -hmm. That's
2: exciting. That's something that you want to take advantage of. If somebody wanted to take me out on their boat, heck yes. Or take me to their family's vacation home or whatever Mm -hmm. why not and I think Rory is taking advantage of an opportunity that's not usually afforded to her here having lunch at the club or doing the steam you know that's not stuff that Rory probably gets to do like they eat at Luke's like every single day Mm -hmm. and obviously Suki and Luke are both supposed to be incredible cooks but it's fun to have a fancy day out and I think that Lorelai is so blindfolded by her angst about her parents that she can't see that possibility that this is something fun and a really cool opportunity for her daughter
0: i did want to make a side note in that when richard asks rory what she knows about golf and she kind of laughs and goes oh it's a good walk spoiled um in a future episode one of richard co-workers makes the exact same joke and he finds it hilarious
1: well she's not an old white man that yeah. he kind of <laughs> he has to impress girls aren't funny <laughs> Speaking of that conversation, though, Rory mentioned something that's going to happen much later on. And I didn't realize how early it mentioned the Europe backpack trip.
2: They really planted the seeds early, Mm -hmm. huh?
0: This is why Rory was not in any sports. Lorelai's been saving for a Europe trip her
1: entire life. (laughs) Well, yeah. And guess what? Uh, For my graduation to college, that's what I did with my mom. We went oh, to dang. Europe. We didn't do hostels because my mom was not going to do hostels. But we we did all that. And that was in part because of Rory. I was That's like, so, cool. so cool. I was like, I want to do that too. And uh, I saved up. She saved up. Like, we did it together. And it was so much fun. You should do that with my kid. Probably one of the best trips I've ever had.
2: I've never been outside of the U.S. One thing I want to go back to, uh, Sandra, you brought it up in your summary, is that... Uh, this is our first instance, I don't know if it happens again, but of a uh, a character returning from the dead. Laura love uh, we have <laughs> the death of Richard's mother is discussed like she was a great woman. Oh yeah, she was 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 all past tense. And if you've seen the entirety of Gilmore Girls, you know Trix is not gone. They don't
0: ever refer to her as tricks. In this episode either. It's Lorelai the First. No.
2: no. Lorelai the First.
0: She was a great equestrian.
2: She was a great everything. Apparently, yeah. And it was just I'm I'm curious about what it what it was or is that you know, our writers were like, shoot, we gotta bring her back. Like what what spurred that decision because at this point they have clearly decided that she's dead that she is past tense, the first Lorelai.
0: I would have loved to see Emily just scoff in this episode when she yes, comes away, when she's brought up
1: I think that's actually why they brought it up, is because Emily needed a foil, right? She needed someone to be like, bigger than her and who's bigger than the mm-hmm. mother-in-law Ooh. you know? Yeah, true
0: I am sad that we never see any of Emily's extended family. Yeah like, none. Yeah. We see Richard's cousins and we see Richard's mom and hear stories about his dad. and, But we don't really – Other, we see a picture of Emily's sister at one point and then she talks about her mother a little bit around um, wedding stuff. But that's kind of it.
1: Well, they say, like, that the woman marries into the husband's family, right? And mm-hmm. she leaves behind mm-hmm. her family. And I think that's BS, first off. But it's kind of shown here. Uh, Emily yeah. and Richard have a very old-fashioned relationship.
2: Yep. Yes, very traditional. The one real break from tradition in this Gilmore Seniors is that Emily is definitely the one who wears the pants. Oh, yeah. um, we do see Richard put his foot down a few times throughout the series, or he'll become mad. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys had this experience, but my dad was very, very much a laid-back dad. He was very involved in my life. But he was, like, my mom was the enforcer for the most part. She was the one who, who made the rules. And that was partially because my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad worked all the time. But when my dad got mad as a kid, you knew you had done something wrong. And so when we do see those moments with, you know, Richard coming out and just being furious about something, I'm like, I get it. Like, when dad is like, no, it means No. Yeah. No, my dad was the
0: opposite. He was very, he was very strict. He was very involved because my parents were separated and my mom was the very laid back. Do what you want. Just let me know where you're at. And my dad's like, no, you're going to be home at 10 every single night. And I need to know exactly where you are. And, but yeah, my dad, my dad, once you got him mad, it was, okay, you're done. Sit down, shut up, take it and get grounded. That's just how it's going to work.
1: My, um, my parents divorced when I was 15, probably 14. They separated when I was 14 divorced by the time I was 16. I'm super grateful for my mom. She was a single mom during some of the hardest periods of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Teenage years or a bitch. And then I went to college and I started having panic attacks and anxiety. And like, my mom was there for me. And I'm not going to say we have a Rory and Lorelai relationship because we don't, no one has that. But we do have a very close relationship and I really appreciate her. I think it's cool that
2: we have across the three of us, we each have like a little a little piece of that Gilmore mm-hmm. somewhere that like is special that relates just to us. I think it's cool. Like we've got Emily the mom. We've got Sandra with her kind of Rory mm-hmm. lorelai
1: relationship. I did golf in my <laughs> youth. <laughs> I have one more thing. Cracked that you're cracked. I definitely mm-hmm. got this from this episode and it's part of my lexicon. Like I say that all the time. I was like oh you're being cracked and that's from this.
2: I remember hearing that in this episode so that is during one of the weirdest parts of this episode which is what I call the boob fight. Yeah
0: I'm gonna go with one of the weirdest fights throughout the entire series.
2: It reminded me of the kind of fight that I have with my boyfriend when I'm like really tired or I've had a bad day or just like something is going on with me and he does something innocuous and I'm just like I've had it with you. Like, why can't you just? And he's just like, "Whoa, what is your problem?" That's that's his "you're cracked" mm-hmm. kind of moment. But when Rory says that, I'm like, "Who says that? You're cracked." I say that, and that definitely feels like a Gilmoreism. Absolutely, maybe in some pocket of California. Actually, if you're listening to this and you are like, no, we say cracked, where I'm from, please write in and tell us.
1: I don't know if it's a New Jersey thing or if it was a Sandra thing. I'm I'm almost certain now that it's a Sandra thing because of the government <laughs> <couple of girls. laughs> That's so funny. So we haven't talked about Suki and Jackson. Uh, the blueberry shortcake. <laughs> the blueberry shortcake. I love them. They're currently, you know, in their bickering stage yes. but uh they're very adorable i really like jackson i think jackson is one of the few men that's just unproblematic in the show like he's just a good guy he is
2: <laughs> yeah it's so fun to see the two of them play off each other mm-hmm. like just from an acting point of view it's it's clear that they have good acting chemistry yes and it's fun like At one point in this episode, Suki and Lorelai are out and about, Mm -hmm. and Suki sees this giant flat of the most beautiful strawberries. Like, they're delicious looking strawberries. I would have the same feelings. I love strawberries. But this scene culminates in Suki and Jackson chasing (laughs) each other like (laughs) children through the street, and that could be such a ridiculous, over-the-top, stupid moment, right? Like It could. In this early season, we see a lot of goofiness that's kind of... Beyond, mm-hmm. um, but it feels so true to them. It feels so true to Suki that we know that she would almost get hit by a car. Like she almost kills
0: the guy on the bike. I just I feel like Suki and Jackson's fights are so dramatic to begin with. Yeah, I mean because obviously Suki when she brings the blueberries and. Lorelai walks in and she says, Oh, you know, Rory's having golf, doing golf with my dad and something about my day sucks. She's like, tell me something happy. And Suki's response is, I can't make the strawberry shortcake. Something about blueberries. Like verge of tears.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it just goes to show like how, how dramatic and invested in their food and vegetation that they are. Yeah. <laughs> the The fact that they would end up chasing each other down the street about it does not surprise me.
1: I want to mention one thing about that scene um, that I thought was really funny. Most of the extras are in plaid. Oh, really? Um, Like, one has a shirt, one has a dress. uh, The other, like, everyone's in plaid. It's super weird once you notice it, because then it's all I could notice.
2: That's so weird. I feel like this is one of those shows, any TV show, honestly, if you were to just go through and just watch the extras... Like there's always going to be something funny mm-hmm. that you miss because you're so focused on the actual action. But
0: yeah, I think that's something fun with A- with ASP though too. Though is that um, when she when she has an extra or finds somebody that she really likes in the show, she brings them back. Not necessarily always in the like initial world. Not roles. Kirk. Yes, with like with not Kirk, um, crazy Carrie, crazy Carrie with Luke. Later, she is the teacher in Rory's class in episode one.
2: Oh, yeah. oh wow. and
0: yeah. and I think that. I think that role sticks, though, because she ends up being the the director of Fiddler on the Roof in a later episode, too. So you can see, like, she's, her role stays invested in the school.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: Unfortunately, I think Crazy Carrie had a midlife crisis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Poor Crazy Carrie. Her greatest flaw is that she thinks Luke is a snack. I mean, that's not a flaw. <laughs> <laughs> and I am also guilty. Lock me up.
0: <laughs> can we talk about the most odious woman alive? <laughs> Gloria? Gloria with her dog that I was obsessed with. Yeah. She just comes in all smiley. Richard, hi! And
2: h- how does everybody who refers to her always refer to her as odious? Yeah, That's a pretty it's- specific word. Very specific. Yeah. Like, it's so specific that you, like, have to
1: catch it, right? And all she does is just, like, ask you how you are. Like, I don't know if there's, like, some you're supposed to think that she's going to backhandedly tell you something or she's going to spread that gossip. Of how you are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Poor I mean, woman. for all we know, she says hi to Richard with the intention of finding out who Rory is so she can go out and start saying that Richard's palling around with a younger woman or something. Well,
1: she could. I Did you know. guys get that sense from when um, the men were talking about it, like with Richard, like, oh, who's this? Right. And Kind of. Right. Like, like they were kind of asking. There was a little hint of that. Mm-hmm, which is a really big age difference.
2: Yeah, but these are also supposed to be, like, very wealthy old white men, to whom age is usually a number best ignored. Yeah.
1: Gross. Which is gross. They were super gross in the sauna.
2: Oh, yeah. When I went to school, and our sports, like, athletic center had a dry sauna, which is where it's just nasty and hot. There's no steam. You just sit in there and feel terrible for however (laughs) long you decided to stay. I've never been in a steam sauna, but every time I see them, it's usually, like, rich old men, and it always mm. looks gross. There's something gross about pot-bellied rich old men sitting and sweating with each other. Like, no thank you. I meant more what they were saying, to be Oh, fair. yeah. No, they were <laughs> gross. Their topic of conversation was gross.
1: Yes. The women um, gossiping as well. Yeah. I mean, they're all talking about, essentially, status.
0: Well, you know, my yeah. granddaughter does this and my grandson's doing this and and basically shaming the people in their lives. And that's my cart. Yeah, it's a golf cart. Like somebody could probably change the number from 37 to 38 and you wouldn't know until 3 hours in. Wait, where's the dent I put in it last month?
2: I feel like it's such an old like country club kind of It is. argument like my golf cart. Like, no, dude, chill out. Count
1: your money, go to the sauna and go home. So, transitioning to a different argument, the twins, the twin brides. Back to the twins. Yeah. Jackie and Jessica. Jackie and Jessica, who cannot agree on soup or salad. And it blows my mind that no one thought soup or salad. Is that even a fight? The easiest. The easiest. 45 minutes, apparently.
2: If their appetizer or their pre-dinner options had been like... I don't know, something that needed more preparation. Like if they were doing individually made shish kebabs or something mm-hmm. wild like that, then you can argue about it. Soup can be made in a big old vat. Salad can be made in big old bowls. Yep. yep. And Suki doesn't even blink, you know, when it's like option of soup or salad. She's like, okay. Yeah. Also, I love that it didn't occur to anybody that if you're having a joint wedding and one wants red and one wants blue. To do purple, also why can't you do both? Yeah,
0: order yeah. the same amount of flowers, just half red, half or as pink, half pink, it's half pink, blue. Yeah, pink and yeah, pink and blue She's... go together. I I can understand having the tool and stuff be purple, but like the flowers, order ha- just half, half and half.
1: Although I will say, Lorelei is great at managing this wedding. Yes, yes, she, she is. kills it, knocks it out of the park, and it's just funny to me how mature she is. This role as a professional woman. Yes. And yet, so immature in her personal life. Yeah. Especially with Rory, that whole, again, going back to the boob argument, what the hell was that? I'm still (laughs) confused about it. She is a grown woman. (laughs) She is a grown woman.
2: And it was so funny because I remembered that this fight happened, right? Like, I remembered this argument. But as I was sitting down and just watching it, and I see, you know, Lorelai sitting there in her blue sweater and I believe Rory is sitting there in the red sweater Mm -hmm. like before they started the argument I thought man those are really similar sweaters it's so funny how their styles are so similar and then you find out that it's actually both of them are Lorelai's sweaters like clearly she likes this sweater
1: which Mm -hmm. is really Rory was wearing the shirt underneath the scene before yeah the
2: the striped turtle yeah and
1: then put on that red sweater I don't know when but she put it on at one point I did think that too they look almost identical the sweaters
2: yeah yeah they're both that, like, very 2000s soft, kind of fluffy, like, kind of Angora vibes. Mm-hmm. Very fitted. Yes. It was made for them, which probably was. It probably was, <laughs> When you look was. like that, clothes are just made
0: for you. I did want to mention another thing about the wedding itself, and this is just background stuff. So the mom is wearing white. Yes. You see yes. in the background, at one point, um, a brunette is sitting at a table or something, and she's kind of slouched, but she looks like she's wearing, like, a legit wedding dress. There are a lot of people wearing white at this wedding. And for how spoiled the twins are, how are they not throwing a fit about the amount of white at the wedding (laughs) that's not them?
2: I definitely noticed the mother of the bride's mother of the bride outfit. I feel like sometimes mother of the bride outfits are like an ivory or a cream or an off-white, but I think usually you want to steer away from it. I think usually Mm -hmm. you want to go with, you know, like a, a jewel tone or something, but... Yeah. I did notice that and I was like, oh, that's such a faux pas. Mother of the
0: bride, normally the outfit is approved by the bride, brides in this case. So I'm, I'm assuming that they would have, you know, approved her outfit, because it doesn't look like a wedding dress by any means, it's just the fact that it's white. But I think they say like the white and the white can not necessarily clash in pictures, but it does take the focal point away.
1: Oh, definitely. So I want to mention a couple more characters. But we don't have to go into discussion about them. I just want to mention them. But Bed and Maury, still freaking cute. Still a couple goals.
2: And Cinnamon. And
1: Cinnamon. cinnamon. We get our first mention of Cinnamon, who needs to be (laughs) vegetable oiled, but not, thankfully, later on. Miss Patty is just there to get her uh, hands creep on the twins. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Miss
2: Patty is there to, like, honestly, kind of push boundaries all the time. Yeah with any man she finds attractive if
0: miss patty was a dude that dude would have like so many sexual harassment complaints against him yeah but because she's miss patty it's okay
1: and michelle michelle was at record continues to deserve to be fired
2: (laughs) (laughs) i love the post-it note that's so i loved it too it's
0: so great He was so confident about it. Oh, well, then that's Mark.
1: Michelle, you know, I don't I don't understand why he's still employed there, but I also understand why Lorelai keeps him around. Because Lorelai and him have similar humor. They do. They're just said differently. Yes. And it looks ruder with Michelle, right? But Lorelai has that same rude humor, and you see it all the time. Yeah. I think Lorelai
0: just knows how to condense it more. Not necessarily condense it, but she she knows how to filter it better.
2: Well, she blinks her little blue eyes. Unless she's around
0: Emily or Richard, in which case it's just, you know, the first thing out of her mouth. Um, But in terms of a professional setting.
2: Yeah, she filters it around the guests, whereas Michelle does not filter himself around guests. That is true. And, I mean, honestly, though, I think as much as Michelle is kind of a nightmare, of all of our characters – who are kind of nasty at times, he's never fake. Or if he is fake, it's like over the top fake. Like he is his very genuine self. Mm -hmm.
0: I think the fakest we ever see him is when the French people show up. Yeah, And (laughs) Lorelai finally makes him go over there and he starts very emphatically and nicely talking in
1: French. So I actually want to talk about the theme song because the theme song actually ties into mothers and daughters as well. Yeah. So it's recorded by Carole King. And this is not going to be, like, we're going to talk about her later on again. Yeah. But for now, just about the song. Just as a little background about the song, in the beginning, the song was about being loyal to a man.
0: Mm-hmm. Where I lead... The, this song is a love song. It's cut specifically for the show, but it is it is a love song. Yes.
1: And... uh Carol King hates it. <laughs> she did not like it. I didn't know. She refused to perform it for many, many years because of it until 2000 when ASP was like, I really like this song and I think it fits with mothers and daughters. And she contacted a mutual friend that knew Carol King, which, by the way, what a flex. <laughs> which, yeah, geez. Right? <laughs> um, and asked if she would sing it again, but this time with her daughter. And her daughter's name is Louise Goffin. And they sang it together. They changed the lyrics. So it's less about a man mm-hmm. and more about just a general mother-daughter feel. Aww. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I really love the theme song. I think it's such a great theme song. I'm glad they never changed it or, like, tweaked it. Like, some shows, they tweak it after a while yeah, or definitely. do something different. Mm-hmm. And every, um, even, like, the scenes, the video scenes that you see while the theme song is playing is so iconic. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. them falling onto the couch or onto the bed, mm-hmm. the little shimmy, um, when they go into the room, like they hug each other. Like everything about it is so iconic and I love it so much. And I wonder your thoughts on the theme song, if you have any. I love the theme song. I like Carol King a lot. I remember I
2: bought an album of hers at Starbucks back when Starbucks in like the mid 2000s was like selling music. And that was like a big point. Mm -hmm. I bought an album of hers there. And I will say that it is one of the few television um, theme songs that I don't usually skip. Usually I'll just let it play through. Mm -hmm. And when you used to be watching on the box sets, you know, that was a lot of that was a lot of extra time you were adding to your watch set or your watch period, but mm-hmm. I love it. I love the the sound of it. I think the sound of it is a really great sound that matches with the vibe of Gilmore Girls. I am. Yeah, yeah I'm a fan. I have
0: a fun anecdote for the song. Um, so we took a vacation down to Florida. We drove with my husband's parents. So we were all in the car together and his dad was playing like a 70s, 80s, just random station. And the original song came on carol king it's my daughter's sitting between us in the back seat and she goes mommy this is your song from your show and i was like and and that's how that's okay yeah i watch that show too much (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) i was like it sure is hun but i i do i absolutely love the song i'm with you guys in that i don't really ever skip it the intro when it comes on i will sometimes like when I'm trying to like speed watch an episode okay. now before mm. our podcast, or if I just, I, I never actually, yeah, I hardly ever skip it. I love the song. I love the sound of it. I love the acoustic guitar. Um, One of my favorite musical artists is uh, Sarah Bareilles, okay. who just has a very like soft rock yeah. guitar, piano type. And, and I feel like Carol King kind of ties into that, a similar genre, a similar type of music. So like it hits my key points in music. Yeah.
1: So, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because this is our third episode and we still haven't really talked about the theme song. So I'm glad we've talked about it and we know a little bit of history behind it. Yeah, it's a good one.
0: I did not know that Carol King refused to uh, sing it for a long time. I find that hilarious.
1: She was like, no, this is about a guy.
2: I hate this. (laughs) Right? It fits the personality that we later kind of see Mm -hmm. with her.
1: Yes, it does. So now it's time for... Townsperson of the week, what what do you guys think? My townsperson of the week is an honorary one. It is Richard Gilmore. You know, he came in at a low, low, um, he wasn't at his finest in the beginning of this episode. Yeah. There were still the little comments and the glare. And then by the end of the episode, he realizes, I'm going to miss out if I don't talk to this girl. This girl is amazing. I love her. And I want to share stuff with her. And he did that turnaround without the usual, like, I don't want to admit that I was wrong. or Hemming and yeah, hawing. He just did it. And yeah. he became her grandfather in this episode. And I think he deserves a, a nod for that.
2: How about you guys? I mean, I'm also, I was going to say Richard Same. as well. But <laughs> yeah. uh, there's something, especially, like, I neither of my grandfathers are still with us and i i definitely i loved my my grandfather especially my papa and there's just something so special about that relationship if you have a positive relationship with a grandfather and i i love i love this episode it's hard watching the first episode and seeing how like nasty he is it was yeah because i think of him mm-hmm. like this i think of him as this this guy who is this kindred spirit with his granddaughter and i love that and i love that he calls her at the inn, Mm -hmm. you know, to talk about books with her. I just love that he's so enamored with her after one evening or one outing that he just, he can't stop. He needs to reach out and talk to her more.
0: I think this might be a turning point too for Richard and Lorelai's relationship, not as extreme, obviously, as Richard and Rory's. But in the very end of the series, Richard makes a comment to Lorelai about one of Rory's graduation moments of this as much Lorelai's moment as it is Rory's. And I think Richard finally starts to see, like, Lorelai raised this person that you are enamored with. So I think he starts to give Lorelai some more, more respect in that at, at the same time, too. That, well, if Lorelai was able to raise Rory to be this such amazing person that he really connects with, then, you know, maybe he's being too hard on her. But I agree. I just, I love, I love this relationship. I love, mm-hmm. I love this episode of, you know, Rory finally getting, like, the grandpa that we all want. Yeah. One of my grandpas is still with us, and I I love him to death. Um, He's a carpenter as well. He calls my daughter Lil Bit, which I think is adorable because, like, drill bits and stuff that he uses all the time. But, yeah, I had another grandpa who passed away um, in 2004 that, like, I had such a great relationship with him. And I remember, like, sitting on his lap and telling stories and um, going on walks with him and stuff. And I think there's just something really special about that grandfather-granddaughter
2: relationship. It's nice when we're all in agreement. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen very often throughout the podcast, but we'll see. <laughs> I was just thinking
1: that. <laughs> Enjoy it while we can. Actually, someone else agreed with us, too.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, so we talked in our first couple episodes about having you guys right in, and we have our first Stars Hollow Speaks moment. Uh, we have... I'm going to call her a pre-listener because she has contacted us without even having heard our podcast. So a big hi to Carrie from the UK. I'm going to save the rest of her comments till the end. But Carrie did write in and tell us who her Townsperson of the Week would be for this episode. And she also picked Richard. Richard. She said, I love that Richard is getting the opportunity to grow a relationship with Rory in this episode, and I love that he ends up being super proud of her, showing her off to his friends in this. I think it's great, and they are building a relationship. Or, I think it's great that they are building a relationship. Mm -hmm. So, definitely on board with all of us.
1: And, yeah, I think it's, it's very obvious that as much as Richard loves Rory, but Rory also loves Richard. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's such a It's a mutual. Exactly, and that's such a relationship that we have to keep on because I think besides a few moments where they might have fights and stuff, they're probably the best relationship um on the show.
0: Yeah. I don't think I can't think of any fights
2: that they really like hard fights that they have throughout the series. Yeah. And he's really Rory's strongest male role model. Mm -hmm. like we have luke obviously as like a man who has been present especially later on we find out kind of through more of her life Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. with like the birthday gifts and things and then obviously christopher who thank god we haven't seen christopher yet but it is really nice that she has a positive male role model who really likes her for who she is he doesn't really have any intentions of changing her Mm -hmm. he likes who she is and that also relates to her similar interests too, though. Like Luke is
0: obviously a great influence in her life and a great like male influence in her life, um, in that in their relationship. But obviously, they don't have a whole lot of the same interests. Whereas yeah. her and Richard are just really they're two peas in a pod. They, they have the same interest in books and reading, and you you can just really see that. And speaking of books,
2: reading books with Emily.
0: So the only book mentioned in this episode is Mankin's Christomathy. It is the book that Richard and Rory discuss on the golf course. And then at Friday night dinner, Richard mentions he got a copy of it and him, Rory and Emily leave Lorelai in the living room alone to go discuss it. Mankin is Henry Louis Macon, and he led a super interesting life. He gained a decent amount of fame covering the Scopes trial in 1925, which was Tennessee versus John Scopes a teacher accused of violating the Tennessee Butler Act by teaching evolution. It was actually during this trial that the term Bible Belt was coined by him. And the Scopes trial had a play based off of it called Inherit the Wind, which was then turned into a movie. And the role of Macon in the movie was played by Gene Kelly, who for all you old musical fans, (laughs) Gene Kelly sang Singing in the Rain. Anyway, The Christomathy is a collection of books, essays, and articles filled with his rather polarizing views on literally anything. As a reporter, for him, nothing was off limits. He was not a believer in religion or democracy. He was either a huge defender of women's rights or, according to one of his critics, the greatest misogynist since Schopenhauer. He thinks politicians are either liars, idiots, or both and he commonly wrote about science, philosophy, ethics, society, government, literally everything. But his writing is apparently incredibly witty, he's very verbose, and overall just a wordsmith. If nothing else, he supposedly shares his views in a way that hooks the reader and encourages critical thinking and discussion. I personally really want to take some time to sit down and read this book.
2: Well, and also yet another book that sounds like something that not your average 16-year-old oh, wants to pick up
0: at no. all. And after books, we have... Welcome to Justice Fashion Corner.
2: Okay, so fashion in this episode. Uh, last episode, we had the uh, the Gilmore's or the Lorelei's first day at Chilton. We were kind of focused on one particular outfit. The nice thing about this is that we have lots of different outfits that we can kind of talk about. The first ones that I want to bring up are the ones that we see in the cold open at Friday night dinner. I loved what Rory and Lorelai were wearing because they were both um, doing sheer. Mm-hmm. Sheer was super hot in the early 2000s, like end of the 90s. Was that the green dress? Yeah. So Rory has a sheer purple lace dress with a slip under it and a choker necklace. Um, and then Lorelai has an olive green sheer kind of sweater with beads. Uh, And I believe that it's a black dress or like a black skirt set. It's so fun to see the way that their fashion senses are played off of each other. Like they're both deering sheer at the same time. I love that. Uh, We also see, we're seeing a little bit more of Emily's personality in this, which I thought was kind of fun. She has a starfish or like a sea star brooch. Brooches are like incredibly... I have never worn a brooch because I don't think that I'm the kind of person to wear a brooch. Emily absolutely is a brooch wearer. Oh, definitely. And it's fun to see her her kind of like tie to the seaside, which we kind of see more of that in her much, much later on. So it's interesting to see that kind of little snippet. Uh, I have in my notes, yuppie sweater spotting. Something about the sweater tied around the shoulders, which Mm. both of the brides are wearing uh, when we kind of meet them at the inn. It's so like mid-2000s preppy to me. I don't know. Sandra, you grew up uh, in private school with, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, some kids who were a little bit more yuppie. Did you guys ever see people who just wore the sweaters? Okay. No. It's just ridiculous. And it's such a funny trend. And I do see it throughout. Kind of, uh, especially when we meet Logan and like Logan's people. I can't see the sweaters being done like that without
0: thinking of Carlton.
1: Exactly, that's exactly what <laughs> that I is was going to say. That like is the
2: only
0: thing I I, I associate that with.
2: <laughs> it's a vibe. It is a rich person vibe. Yes, definitely. Speaking of what's not a vibe, Sandra, you already brought it up. Rory's golf outfit. Uh, spoiler alert: I have chosen. Uh, Rory is the worst dressed of the episode. This is yeah. just the saddest outfit that I've seen Rory in so far. It's the baggy khakis for me. It's the pastel lavender button down tucked into those baggy khakis, and then the hat—the hat which just clashes so much: red, green, yellow beret with a pom pom.
1: It's get a that love of funny definitely.
2: hats. Are like a golf thing. I get that, but I can't believe that that Emily would have picked out that hat.
1: That seems like a Lorelai hat, doesn't it? Like a Lorelai just being a jokey like maybe as a joke,
2: but I would just think based on what we kind of see Emily try to steer Rory into fashion-wise later in in the show, just like a solid color, right? Like a solid pink or blue or something. I'm honestly surprised that as soon
0: as they leave, Richard's not, like, take off that ridiculous hat. I don't want to be seen with that.
2: It's so bad. But yeah, Rory shows up in her baggy khakis, her tucked in button-down shirt, and Converse, which it does seem like she switches her Converse shoes when they actually get to the course. I think she's wearing probably, I don't know, rented golf shoes. We do see one bandana on Suki in this episode. It is pink with a white paisley. I don't think it's one we've seen before. I already brought it up during my Hot Luke Alert snack attack. Uh, we do see the return of the denim shirt, which is one of my favorite looks on Luke. Uh, so much so that Sandra even thought that I was talking about this episode <laughs> in the past episode. But no, we can have a snack two episodes or three episodes in a row.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna side note this on Luke's. Basically, anytime he walks around with his notepad like tucked into the front of his jeans, yes. I just it's like I want that notepad with my teeth.
1: <laughs> oh
2: my gosh, right? There's something so like visceral about him having it tucked into the waistband of his pants. I totally noticed that too. It's in my nose. There's just something about that vibe. Right? Oof. Anyway. <laughs> I did want to bring up I did bring up the twins and their little sweater sets. Uh, but the twins' mom has a very interesting, kind of recurring style choice throughout her her scenes. And that is she's doing suits with, like, a very ornate scarf across the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels very fancy. It feels very, like, rich person. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bizarre look. To me, when I think of doing, like, a a, star- a scarf or a shawl, I tend to go kind of more bohemian with that vibe. But she does it in, like, the most waspy way yeah. you could ever do it. It's it's pretty. It fits her character. But it's just an interesting choice. Uh, My item that I wanted to steal from the episode is what we see on Babette. Babette (laughs) arrives in a panic Mm -hmm. in an oversized blouse. It's kind of a baby blue gray with purple florals. It's loose. It's flowy. She wears it with some skinny bootcut jeans. Uh, I have a very different body type than Babette does. She is just like such a cute little compact tiny person. But I love that flowy loose blouse kind of vibe with skinny jeans or some leggings it just looks effortless it fits so well with her character of this kind of like you know the jazz guy's wife she's just floating through shoehorning her cat I loved it (laughs) shoehorning her cat (laughs) when Suki and Lorelai have their little outing where we find Suki's special strawberries uh, we get to see them out of their workwear which I think is always fun because we get a lot more personality that way Uh, We see Suki in a tie-dye blue and white shirt with some, like, red sequins. It was some kind of graphic. I couldn't tell what it was. But what she pairs with it is, like, a long pencil skirt with capri leggings underneath, which feels very 2000s. I have not had a structured long skirt in a long, long time. And Suki looks great in it. It's just very much a, a, a 2000s look. And Lorelai, we see her in a purple graphic tee with a leather button front jacket and a purple headband. I love when Lauren does headbands. I think that... Yeah, she looks really good in it. They're so fun. They're such a fun personality, you know, insert in her her fashion. And I'm actually going to finish on Lorelai as well because she was my best dressed. I absolutely love the dress that Lorelai wears to the wedding. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) That tight purple dress. The thing. And... Only Lauren Graham could pull off that interesting like scarf tie with the, the loop thing that's all built in. Mm-hmm. It's just so chic. It's kind of the image that is in my mind when I think of early seasons Lorelai. It's so chic. It fits her perfectly. The color is gorgeous on her. I absolutely love it. It was one of the items I was thinking about for my item to steal uh, but I do not have the Lorelai body; it would not look that way on me.
1: I would one hundred percent steal that dress. I have a note that says, um, "Lorelai's dress is amazing on the right body type, and it's definitely mm-hmm. hers."
2: Yes, it's stunning, and it yeah. fits perfectly with the wedding. Um, it is a little bit lower cut than I might personally wear to a a work event, but again, like Lorelai, kind of gets away with everything because she looks great and she's the boss.
1: Uh, She did give me wedding planner vibes, which I guess she was in this. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally fair. And she just looks super professional, even with, I do understand where you're coming from with the low cut, but I just do think that that dress looked amazing on her. She wears a lot of low cut stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general. But like you said, I think she just, she looks so
0: good when she does it, she can pull it off.
2: Yeah, that was my that was my little fashion sampling of the episode.
0: I think this was the episode with the most fashion sampling. Like, I think this was the most kind of variety we saw
2: across our cast. So yeah, far. we're definitely getting um, more locations, and generally, more locations come with more costumes, mm-hmm. and especially as we later branch into, uh, especially like the Yale years, um, where our characters are rarely in the same place. We get tons more fashion, but our first few episodes, especially like the Chilton heavy one. There was just nothing. Man, I can't wait for Yale years.
1: Yeah. So I want to mention one fashion thing: Jackson's hats. Yes, (laughs) I love Jackson. Only Jackson could pull them off. They're so silly,
2: and they come up so high. They look like a condom. They look like a condom before you roll it on. Like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just every time I see him, I'm like, oh, that's Jackson. Like that can only be Jackson. I guess similar to Luke's baseball hat, so. But it fits his vibe. Yeah, it Especially, does. It like, does.
2: Sleep, sleeping with his zucchinis later on. Like, of course a
1: guy would wear that hat. <laughs> if someone does not understand that episode, they're going to think wild things with that. <laughs> well. Okay, uh, time for reference of the week. We kind of have two of them. I'm going to go with mine first. And it's a quote from Laura, she says, I'd rather get my face surgically altered to look like that lunatic rich lady with a lion head than go to the club with you. And I I had no idea what this meant, right? I, again, was only maybe nine or eight years old uh, when this first premiered and probably about 12 when I saw it. So I, I did not actually know what it meant. But watching it now as an adult, I obviously still don't know what it means, but I just thought, wow, that's really mean. Who is she referring to, right? Well, she's referring to a Swiss American billionaire socialite named Jocelyn Wildstein. And this woman um, was married to this guy, Wildstein, Mr. Wildstein, and uh, he really liked big cats lions. Who doesn't? So she started uh, getting plastic surgery to look like a lion. That's wild. Uh, She claims that the surgery was done to enhance the natural cat-like features that run in her family. And, uh, yeah, looking at the picture, especially with the hair, no, she doesn't look like a lion, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of plastic surgery there. And to the point where now... It's even more so, right? Like, in the 2000s, it was already a lot, but now it's, like, crazy. I don't know if she's still alive. I don't have that in front you of me. You don't know? Well, oh. she was born in 1940.
0: Are you d- oh, you don't know.
1: I don't know. I was like, is she, like, uh, <laughs> locked away somewhere? and <laughs> In a zoo? Uh, I don't know. You know she what? Did, like, what? She's 80 still alive. Though? She's Good still alive? Life. Um, That's a lot of plastic surgery to still be alive, but... She's doing it. So she apparently spent $4 million on this surgery up till like 1999, 2000. That's crazy. Which is quite a lot of
2: money. Um, and our second reference of the episode, and it's just going to be a quick one because I wonder if anybody else listening is like me in that they've heard the word fez many times, especially in the Gilmore world, um, but you just don't know where that is. Uh, When I think of Fez, I think of the hat, or I think of the video game. Uh, I vaguely know that it's a place, but when I looked it up, I learned, and I'm going to share with you, that Fez is a place in Morocco. It is, like I said, the capital of the Kingdom of Morocco until 1912, uh, where the dye to color the hat was extracted from crimson berries. So it is a hat. It is that little red hat. Uh, I believe that it's the kind of hat that Abu wears in... uh, Aladdin? Aladdin, yeah. If you're trying to picture what the hat looks like. Or Doctor Who. Anybody's
0: a Doctor Who fan? Or Doctor Who.
2: I'm not a Doctor (laughs) Who watcher. But then, if you are curious about where Morocco is, because I know not everybody is super familiar with the location of African countries, Uh, Morocco is a country in North Africa, uh, and... (laughs) My personal experience with Morocco, which I've already shared with my podcast hosts, is if you ever want to experience Morocco, but you're, oh, I don't know, trapped in the United States due to travel regulations, (laughs) there's a great Moroccan place at Epcot in Disney World, and they have great food. So if you were curious about Fez, that's where Fez is. And I believe that brings us to Stars Hollow Speaks.
1: Hey! Yay. yay! And
2: we've already brought her up, but we are so, so grateful to Carrie for emailing us. Uh, this is our first email. We were all super excited. And she actually gave us comments on the first uh, three episodes, which is awesome. Uh, luckily, we were right in time for episode three. But I just want to share her points that she brought up. Uh, so number one. Rory has to find a sport to play due to being in Chilton now, but decides to go to golf with Richard. I love this episode, definitely in her top 10, but I think it shows how slack Lorelai has been that Rory didn't even do one sport in high school, which we kind of already discussed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know she had done dancing at Miss Patty's when she was younger, but to to not have a sport at all? I wish Lorelai had pushed Rory to do something more, and I kind of
1: agree with that. Yeah, but it is also an interesting take to think that Lorelai was the one that refused Rory sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, obviously she's a mom and she's the one that's going to push. But after, like, as soon as you turn into a teenager, how much pushing can you do in terms of sports?
0: I agree with that. Like, my parents, they got us into things when we were young. And basically, through elementary and through middle school, we could kind of do whatever they pushed us into but once we hit high school like if you didn't want to continue something you didn't have to continue Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: so i can i can fully see rory being maybe like in like you said dance when she was younger and then she just i think miss patty even specifically mentions that she has the body for ballet but not not not
2: the natural talent (laughs) yeah definitely okay uh number two i love the interaction between richard and rory in this episode Richard didn't want to spend too much time with Rory. And I find that sad because that's when you really get to see how much time that Lorelai and Rory didn't spend with them. Absolutely. And I think we've actually discussed that in this episode. And we totally agree with that point. Number three. This is the first episode that Rory mentions Fez. Yay, Fez. Uh, And I love how much Richard looks impressed by this. Who would want to go to Fez? The Gilmore Girls do. Point number four. I don't like how Lorelai generally acts in this episode because she is so jealous of the relationship that Rory is building with Richard and Emily. Lorelai acts out toward Rory by having an argument with her because of her jealousy. And I think that shows how immature Lorelai can be in a sense, since the relationship that Lorelai has with her parents and the relationship that Rory has are totally different. Absolutely. And I think that that jealousy is something that we will see just throughout the entire show. Uh, yeah. And part of that is just because like we've talked about, they are different people. They are Rory and Lorelai are different people and they have different experiences. And Rory has just a much better experience with her grandparents than her mom ever did. Point number five, uh, in episode two, I said that Lorelai is really good with organization at work, but not so much with her personal life. And I think that this episode really shows that, well, because we, when we meet the twins, who are getting married to twins? Twins getting married to twins? Gross. Agree. Agree. Thirded. And Lorelai was really good at diffusing situations, and that's a perfect example. Absolutely, Lorelai yeah. is great at her job. Six, we see Kirk again as the guy who's delivering swans. He's just popping up here, there, and everywhere before he gets his role as Kirk. And I'm just wondering, are these swans the same swans?
1: I don't know, but also I hope so. <laughs> Head Kirk. cannon, these are the same swans. Kirk is not generally a rude person. Mm-mm. Like he's just No. He might be a little confused in the head, but he's not rude. This person was rude. Uh well not rude, but just like, uh, are these twenty swans? Sure. Like, I don't know what you want me to say to that. This is still <laughs> Mick. <laughs> this is not
2: Kirk. It's yet. like, but like, is he still Mick? Because Lorelei doesn't have any recognition of him. No. And no
1: one knows who he is either, so he's not he's her. Just
2: the swan guy. Yeah, and then our last point is number seven. In this episode, we find out that Richard's mom is dead. We find out later that she obviously isn't dead because she appears in later episodes, but this was a passing comment that was made by Richard, and when speaking about his mom, it was in the past tense. Absolutely. Super cool. weird. A super interesting decision. Um, but, I mean, ASP makes a lot of interesting decisions with characters with casting mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. So again, thank you so much, Carrie for writing oh, in. We you, really you, appreciate it. Yes. And if you are interested in you know being featured on this show, please you know write in. We have Twitter, Instagram, our email is a great place to send us longer at things like this. Like I said, Carrie gave us points on the first three episodes that were super interesting. Um, and as always, at the end of the show, we will have all of those tags. So
1: please reach out to us. We love it. So coffee, 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 coffee. I feel like there wasn't that much coffee in this episode. There was not that much coffee. And still <laughs> Rory had her one cup of coffee. It was a little off screen in that it was already poured when she was drinking it, but it can be assumed that she was drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. Lorelei had two cups, just two.
2: Wow. Maybe that's why she was so jealous. She didn't have enough coffee. Maybe. <laughs> yes. We do see at least one meal that is ordered at Luke's diner mm-hmm. and just abandoned
1: immediately. Abandoned completely. Who needs assistance? So much food
2: waste.
1: And, and unless there's anything else to be said, I believe that was our third episode or our third podcast episode. That was, it's been a lot of fun still. Yeah. Uh, by the time this episode goes up, we've already had two episodes go up, obviously, this is the third one, <laughs> but we're recording this before our first episode. We are hopefully, you know, super excited to talk with you guys and connect with everyone. Tell us about, you know, anything that you want related to the show, especially if, if the episode, whatever episode we're on. It's, you know, we love it. We all freaked out when we got our email.
2: Even if you have a comment about something that we talk about in the episode uh, that's not Gilmore's related, one of our things that we really really wanted to focus on in putting this podcast together is we want to really bring, you know, our experiences into it. We want it to be (laughs) a conversation between people who are, you know, growing a friendship while talking about something we all really love. So, you know, if you want to talk about a grandfather that's no longer with you, or if you want to talk about Twilight or something that we've talked about in one of these past episodes, like, please reach out to us. We really want to build a community because Stars Hollow, Gilmore Girls is a community and we want to have Mm -hmm.
1: that. 100%. And sometimes things will get a little serious, which is fine. Um, We're also going to bring up jokes and everything in between, but... You know, this is a safe place, and we're going to talk about our experiences. And we have very different experiences growing up. And yet, we're still, you know, we are bonded by this show. And like Jess just said, we didn't know each other until we started this podcast. So I'm excited for this journey, guys. Me too. <laughs> Thank
2: you so much for listening. And uh, hopefully we will see you in the next episode. Yeah. Goodbye, guys. Thank you. Bye.
0: Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at townmeetingpod or email us at townmeetingpod at gmail.com.